This is a slaying moment. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Slaying for Me. Welcome back. I'm so happy that you guys are here, and I am so, so excited for this week's episode. As you know, Sunday was Mother's Day, and uh, we are celebrating it all month long. You know, Mother's Day is every day, as my mom would say. So this week, I wanted to welcome her on the show. I am joined in this beautiful conversation with my amazing mom, who I love so much. Um, Miss McCoy, as her students would know her, but I know her as mom. Some people know her as Barbara um, McCoy, Anderson McCoy. So mom, hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? How are you feeling today? I'm blessed. You blessed? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wanted to welcome you on the show because I always talk about how on the show, how we have such a great relationship and all of the things that you've taught me. And, you know, in honor of Mother's Day, I know that we had a conversation yesterday about how Mother's Day is every day. But I wanted to have a conversation with you about being a mom and you know your experiences with um raising two kids a girl and a boy but in two different generations so first and foremost I want you to like tell people what your background is you know you've been a teacher you were a teacher for many years and how did you get into that go ahead and tell them a little bit about yourself mom well to begin with my uh goal as a young person was to be a social worker because I always wanted to help people and I saw the need in, in our community where people needed help and that was my first goal. But once I got in school and got a job, I got a job at a daycare center uh, and uh, it seemed to work out pretty well. So I decided to uh, continue my education and uh, go into early child care. From there, I uh, graduated from Forest Park and went to Harris to get a a four-year degree. And so I got um, a job with the Board of Education, and I worked there up until 2010 when I came out and retired to take care of my mother, who was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer so everything kind of like worked hand in hand yeah so you know and as a teacher and a mother you know it was not easy work to uh go to school and be a parent but god you know provided me the way and i was determined that i was going to pursue my career with him god on my side and guiding me and helping me you know through the storm so i just want to be say you know, you can't do nothing without God. That's and, you know, always true. include him in whatever you do. He may not come when you want to, when you're asking for something, but, you know, we're on a different time from God. So when God gets ready to give you what you're asking for, he will. And also, maybe what you might want, God might not have that in the plan for you. You know, your plan was laid out from day one. Yeah. When you were conceived in your parents' womb. So, you know, just because you went to school for something and want to 
be this particular thing, if that's not what God has in store for you, you know, it won't take place. Lots of times he'll close one door and open another one. But that's, just know that. That's true. Just know that, you know, keep God in your life and, you know, keep the faith and that we're going to have ups and downs. And uh, just keep the faith. You thank God when things are going good. You thank Him when things are not going so good. Yeah. But lots of times that'd be a test of your faith when you're going through different illnesses and everything, uh, because that's when the evil spirit really gets desperate. You know, he really jump into your head because he can't. He don't have a body. So, you know, and I always tell my kids, you know, treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah. And so- um. Mom, I'm sorry to cut you off because <laughs> you going into a bunch of different uh, topics, which I love. And that that was very inspirational. Just going back to you saying how, you know, you wanted to be a social worker and also going to school while you're raising your son at this time, my brother. How was that? How was that? You know, I know we personally had the conversation about how, you know, a lot of people was like, girl, you need to stop going to school. And, you know, it took you some time to finish. But this is something that you wanted to do. Talk about the struggle between, you know, making that decision, the sacrifice that you made as a parent for not as a parent, but the sacrifices that you made personally for yourself to accomplish a goal. Talk, walk us through your mindset at the time. Well, you know, I uh, conceived earning my first year of college, and uh, my mother uh, said that she would keep him, but, you know, I want to raise my own child, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, whatever challenges and that I had to go through. But, you know, I had help from a lot of people. My mother helped me, you know, and other, my, some of my siblings helped me, and, you know, people outside of the family uh, helped me, you know, with him, you know, during that time when I was trying to go to school, work during the day, and I go to school at night, and you know, he was a good kid too because I would prepare his, you know, give him meals where he can prepare for himself, oh. and uh, you know, while I was at school at night, and I always make this joke about, yeah, you know, he would cook himself something to eat. I come home, he never would have nothing to eat for me, <laughs> but you know. I always ate at school, so, you know, it was funny, but he took care of himself and, you know, and explained to him that, you know, the reason I'm doing this is because I want to make a better life for me and you, the reason that I'm working and going to school, and he understood that, and that he worked with me on that as do, in, in terms of doing what he needed That's to do, beautiful. you know, himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, so how was that conversation, you know? Having that conversation, I feel like that's something that parents don't really do these days. They don't really communicate, excuse the text message, guys, communicate to their kids the journey in which we're going on as a family. And I feel like that's a very powerful thing that you said to your son at that time to say, hey, we're on this journey together. This is a family goal at this point. You know, it's mom's personal goal, but it's something that's going to benefit the family. Do you feel like if you didn't have that conversation with him and you left him out in the dark, he would have responded differently? Or it, was that just your parenting style from jump? I mean, I feel like you've always overly communicated to me what our goals were as a family. And I think you've kind of like, it's different times. Um, but do you feel like your parenting style was being, you know, completely upfront with the, with the, with the goals for our household? Well, 
Yeah, not only that, you know, uh, it was, a, you know, something I wanted to accomplish. And by him being a part of me, you know, it would affect him, you know, me trying to pursue the goal. And I wanted to let him know that it was important that, you know, he and I work together on, you know, helping me to achieve my goal, which would make us benefit in the long run. Right. You know, if he if he was included. And, you know, I always uh, tell this joke about on my graduation picture with him. Oh, my God, he is so happy. Boy, he had a smile from ear to ear. <laughs> and he said, yeah, because, you know, I know that's what you wanted to do. And I was glad that you had did it. And I know he wasn't no more about, mm, I guess, about eight or nine or something, but. I mean, the graduation picture just says it all, how happy he was that I had accomplished oh, that goal. Oh, that is so it great. Was it's and such it a great photo. It, it is great mm-hmm. photo. Like, it's yeah. old school because you guys all have the Afro. <laughs> Your hair was big. His hair was big. His dad's hair was Afro. It was like, it's the epitome of like a black a black family photo with all of like the afros and stuff like that, which is so great. I don't think I had an afro on there. Yes, you did. You had like a curl wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was like a curled natural look, which is like an Afro form. But anyway, and then you had the reddish hair, which was beautiful. But fast mm-hmm. forward, now you you know you had your <laughs> you had your son, and when you turned twenty, and then twenty years later, you had me. How would I mean? Before I even get into that, what parenting styles did you learn from from Granny, from um your mom, that you took with you into raising your own your own children? Because you know you come from a large family, so you know different parenting. You know different kids take different parenting styles. So what was one that your grand that Granny taught you that you have taken with you took with you and you you helped with raising us? Yeah, well, just. Take care of your kids, whatever you got to do, you know, to take care of them and to guide them in the right direction on, you know, growing up. Yeah. And what's important, you know, she stressed to me that, you know, well, back then, you know, it was stressed that, you know, get your education so you can get you a good job. And that was one of of the things I always wanted to do, you know, so that I could take care of myself. I didn't want to necessarily have to depend on a male to do that. Yeah. You know, and then seeing a lot of people that I, you know, we grew up in the project and lots of people that didn't have dads. I was lucky enough to have a dad. Well, back then, most people had dads, you know, were in their family. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) but anyway, I wanted to be I guess an independent woman at an early age, you know, I'm, I got to do, I'm going to do what I got to do to provide for me and, you know, my kids too, if they come along. So yeah. that was my goal. It wasn't a thing like, um, you know, I just had that goal and, and, you know, I followed my dream and pursued the education that I knew would help me out in the long run. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So you know, my mother was proud when I graduated because I think I was the first child to graduate in your family. School. Oh, that's exciting! Well, from high school, but first girl. But my brother, I had a couple of brothers that had graduated. Yeah, prior to me. So, mm-hmm. in regards to now, <laughs> mom, are you eating something? Trying not to go here. <laughs> 
So um, in regards to now, now, you know, we fast forward 20 years from now and you're pregnant again. How, I mean, was it something, I I know we had this conversation, was it something that you planned? I know that you at one point, it was planned. So what was the plan? Like, I mean, I would love to know, how did you plan something 20 years later? Or was it just... Well, uh, after I had Ernie, I figured that was too much pain. I wasn't going <laughs> to even think about another child. <laughs> Be away. Hey, you know, I know they said death walk around your bed nine times and all that. But, uh, so as I, uh, you know, got older, then met your dad and we decided he wanted to try for, uh, a son, and I was trying for a girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, it came out being a, a girl since I already had a boy. I thank God for that. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I was ready, you know, to be a parent again. Okay, mm-hmm. what was your mental when you found out? I mean, you had me a week after your 40th birthday like what 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 was everybody's reaction when you came back and said oh 20 years later i'm having a, another kid what was, <laughs> what was some the- people say yeah you got caught uh uh and all that look here 20 years later i didn't get caught that was planned you know yeah. i may have got caught in the early years but no uh no i um it was planned you know planned to have a baby and thank god you know i was asking for a daughter and of course, you came along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm one of them people that you have to realize I don't worry about what people say mm-hmm. to me about things because, like I said, and I always say this, they talked about Jesus Christ and all he did was come back to save the world. So yeah. who am I? Facts. That is big so facts. So who am I? So, you know, I don't pay no attention to what people say. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do and, and uh and what God leads me to do and help and with his help that I can do all things through him. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a powerful word, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, when you're thinking about parenting and you hear the conversations about parents that are having their kids at 50 and 60, and it's like, why are you mm-hmm. having your kids? If that's what God says, if that that's how God wants it to, to play out in your life, he going to make sure that you're present for the things in the, the child's life that you need to be present for. Um, so, um, moving forward, nothing is too hard for God. No, it's not Mary, uh, Mary, that was an immaculate conception. Right. And Sarah was a buried Mm -hmm. woman. So, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. God can do all things. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about parenting styles between a a boy and a, a, a a girl. It's totally different, but I know for Ernie and I, we come, we came up in two different generations as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for, for you raising him, what was, what was one time that you feel like was the most challenging? Was his teen years challenging? Was it like when he got old enough to go to college where you, you guys kind of combated a little bit. And then the same thing for me, I'll say probably during his teen years, and and especially when he had his first encounter with the female, you know, and that's with girls and boys when they had their first encounter, you know, for sex is concerned, you know, they become, seem like they want to become grown. (laughs) Oh, okay. You know, and and it's about boys and girls, you know. Like they say, uh, the pastor always say when, when you're young, 
your parents are the smartest people you know, but once you get to be of age, 14, 15, they don't know like nothing. That, yeah, they're the dumbest <laughs> people you were, but it hasn't changed. You know, uh, the yeah. things that was going on when I was a girl were going on when you were a girl and was going on when my mother was a, a young lady. So, you know, we're new to the game. The game is still the same. Right. You know, exactly. we're just new to it. And, you know, when I can tell you, well, Alexis, he ain't no good. And you say, Mama, you don't know him. My mother told me that one time, say, you just a fool. I said, well, you know, be truthful with you. Everybody be somebody <laughs> fool at some point in their life. That's true. Fools, you know, fools so, regurgitate. They do. Uh-huh. So, but at any rate, you know, it's just different raising a girl because, you know, you give girl the girls, you give them you know, all and all. And, you know, like they say, girls is, is uh, sugar and spice and everything nice and boys is snails and puppy dog tails, you know, so they're a little rougher than girls. So it's right. going to take, you know, you have to get the girls that that definitely that mother love and protection, you know, and everything. I feel like you um, kind of love us kind of, I, I didn't see any differentiation. I know that I'm the girl and I can mm-hmm. tell, you know, you and and my brother protected me because I was the baby girl. But when it comes to how you love us, it's pretty equal. Like you give us equal love. Like you don't love us any less. Like I don't feel like you express your love to us differently. Like, I mean, me and you might talk on the phone a little bit more than you and him, but at the end of the day, you will call him every day. That's like, you'll call me, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel, I, you know, some parents, um, depend on like I feel like if you're if Ernie was to be in a situation that was like traumatic and he had to come back home he's welcome to come back home where you know in some families the male is not welcome to come back home and they have mm-hmm. to go figure it out on them, their own and I feel mm-hmm. like you have always been a parent that is like my kids these are my babies they always have some place to go I'm always gonna you know I'm gonna give them the tough love and if I see them doing something that they're not supposed to do or they can better themselves on. I'm going to communicate that to them, but they're always mm-hmm. going to have a place as long as I have a place. Do you think that that's something, well, I'm just saying based off of being your child, but is that something yeah. that you wanted to like a uh, energy that you wanted to always betray, portray in, um, with your, yeah, with your the children? door is always open, you know, it should be for your kids, you know, and even some of my, you know, nieces and nephews, you know, I was there for them. And the door was open, you know, when you needed me, you know, when your parents, you know, you was having it out with your parents and stuff and you came to me. But the thing about that is that one thing for sure is that whatever house a kid go to, if he thinks his house is so uh, outrageous, he might want to go somewhere else. And one thing a kid has to remember when they leave home to go somewhere else, every house have house rules. They definitely do. Every house have house rules, and the ones that don't, get up out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, walk us through uh, the process of getting prepared for your 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 little girl 20 years later. How was it? How did you mentally get prepared for having your baby and also um, raising a little girl? You know, at, at this time, you're in your career. You've been a teacher for some years now. I mean, how was that lifestyle balancing? Now you're a little bit seasoned. You got things in order. How was it raising me and 
given me structure in life at that time. Yeah, when you have, was- you were definitely going through a transition at that time. You, you know, you were going, you know, I was with you when you went through menopause, you know, it was a lot of different things that was happening at that time. So how was it raising me at, you know, in a later season in your life? Fine, you know, I had the experience of raising Ernie, so, you know, it was just a, a different time and different place and a different gender, uh, but uh, it was good, mm-hmm. okay. and I, you know, had plenty of help, and, uh, you know, you was a, a, a good baby, you know, a real good baby. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, I was a real good baby, that makes me happy. What is the most proudest moment? Um, as a mom that you've experienced between me and my brother, starting with Ernie, what is one moment in your life, in his life, that you were like, I'm really, really proud of him? And, it, it, you know, you can go back to it and tell that story over and over again. Well, when he, uh, he had left school, he was dissatisfied with the school he was in, so he got a chance to go to this alternative school, and, and it was really a blessing because he would... Uh, work on his GED half the day and the other half the day they would uh work with uh, kids that were disfortunate. I mean unfortunate, you right. know, that was come from broken homes and stuff. And it made him realize that, you know, you were really blessed because here these some kids that got parents and won't have take care of them and he was talking about how sometimes the kids would come to school, be dirty and stuff and you know, and it's hard on kids because of bullies and Kids are truthful. You know, if you dirty and nasty, they're going to tell you. You know, so he got a chance to bond with them and really realize how fortunate he was, right. you know, to have a parent. And, you know, how involved he was with really trying to help these kids. Right. And so he went through the program and he ended up, he got the student of the year, you know, when he graduated from uh from uh, high school. Oh, that's and, exciting. Uh, yeah, so, I didn't know uh, this story. I didn't know. I never heard this story yeah, before. Yeah, so, but you was a baby, uh, you know, when we had the ceremony, and he got the student of the year, and it was so interesting because he did the speech of I Had a Dream at the graduation. I can and see him. Like, I can see him he, doing he so much His father, because his father did that in public speaking when he was in, in at uh, Lincoln. Uh, oh, okay. the speech. So, but anyway... And I was proud of him. His dad was proud of him. You know, we were proud that, you know, he had came, you know, got himself together and took his school serious, even though he never said he wanted to go to college, but he ended up going away, you know, for a year. And then uh, after you came, he decided he needed to come home and help me take care of you. I don't know why. Well, I mean, that's what big brothers do when they, you know, they try to protect their mom. And you guys have been together. Y'all have been together 20 years. So you you are his, you know, he's your protector just as much as you are his. But um, what is, I mean, that's a pr- very proud moment, a story that I've never heard before. And it sounds so exciting. Um, and he's yeah. a jack of all trades, you know, regardless of what he didn't, he did or didn't do. He's still an amazing, he's turned out to be an amazing father and, and, um, big brother to me and a great son mm-hmm. to you. So, mm-hmm. um, what is the scariest moment that you experienced, um, being a parent and that I know 
one moment in particular for us that we always talk about. But I want you to tell that story again, because I feel like it's so powerful for me, a person that isn't a mom yet, to have the strength that you had at that time. Um situation was that when he got shot no the well that one too but i'm talking about the situation when i had my first seizure yeah no that was scary Mm -hmm. because during the time they were saying how kids was having heart attacks and stuff and so you know uh yeah you woke up and went to the kitchen because you love you some bread you was always going to the kitchen eating some bread and uh, so then you fell out and, uh, you know, just thought, uh, you know, doing what people with seizures do. And I'm saying, oh, I don't know what made me think that you might have having a seizure. I guess because you was kind of emanating, uh, you know, Jack. Yeah. had seizures. And so here I was going to put my finger in your mouth, and I did. <laughs> but, I mean, you bit my finger. I couldn't even want to get my finger out of your mouth. Oh. And so... But, you know, your cousin, he hollering and screaming, Alexis is dying, Alexis is dying. <laughs> and Sean came upstairs. He grabbed you, ain't had no under, number of his underclothes. He done fell down the steps <laughs> with you. By that time, the ambulance came, and they knew right away exactly what you was having. And right. by that time, you had came around and started crying. Mm-hmm. And so they were saying that you was going to be all right. But uh, prior to that, you know, when it got to the hospital, even though they said that, uh, every time I think about the moment, I'm sorry. It chokes me up because uh, I just didn't know what was going on, but I did do this. My mother told me she said when we got there, she said, uh, "Bobby, everything gonna be all right because I already took it to the Lord in prayer." <laughs> I'm sorry. And so that's <laughs> all right. So in any way. I went to the Lord myself, and and this is what I said. I said, Lord, only I thank you. You know, I don't know what's wrong with my baby, but I thank you for letting allow me her to be in my life. You know, as long as she has, so you know, whatever your will is, you know, I know she was your baby first, and you know, she was just on loan to me. Yeah, and uh, that's you know, yeah, I think that's one of on the. Now powerful you know statements that you i've ever heard anybody make like i mean if you think about it it's the ultimate sacrifice when you think about being a parent because you never think and it's so funny i was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends the other day and they never um not one of my girlfriends one of my friends he's disabled he's legally blind he's deaf and he was saying you know when his parents conceived him, they didn't think, you know, when you're conceiving a kid, you never think about, oh, my kid could potentially be, this, you know, have Down mm-hmm. syndrome or right. have autism. You never think about, you think about the perfect image of a child and no kid has a perfect image. All kids mm-hmm. have something, but you never think about the times in which in your parenthood that you will experience having to like say my kid i have to accept that this is some that something might be wrong with my baby and i'm i'm Mm -hmm. either gonna have to give it over to god and you know it might be something that's a work through because it was a work through after a while although i didn't die that day it still was a 
challenge for we had to relearn how to you had to mm-hmm. relearn how to parent me it was a lot of restrictions it was medication mm-hmm. that came involved it was me mm-hmm. you know me learn you and i learning how to deal with my new disability at that point mm-hmm. because after a while it was like I wasn't saying anything, but then I got to a point where I knew where the, the seizures were triggering and I would call for right. you, you know, so mm-hmm. we had to figure it out. I think that's a powerful, mm-hmm. you know, mom. And I, I always say that to you, but saying it, you know, saying it on air right now, it is powerful and it makes me motivated to be as great as a mom as you, because I, you know, my faith, you know, your faith overshadowed your fear. Although you were fearful, you knew that you had to go to God in prayer and he was the person, he was the only one that would, you right. know, change that situation and, uh, around. And I'm going to continue to say this, hey, you got to put God first in whatever you do yeah. and keep the faith and trust because he's going to keep his promise. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if it's yeah. not the trust, even if it's not the promise in which you want it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So remember, he made us. Uh-huh. Right. He know all about us. He's the only person that knows how many hairs that's on our head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. as we speak about, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sacrifice and you know our kid, the things you're proud of about your your kids. What is a proud moment that you have with your with your mom? I know Granny has been gone a long time, and you know that you know being able to you know, help your mom through, you know, you honored your mom, your mother and your father until they died. Um, but mm-hmm. specifically talk about granny. What is a great moment that you have with, with granny that you will never forget? Mm, great moment. It's so many. I hope. Oh, awesome. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, she was always there for me, you know, for whatever I wanted to do. She would back me up. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and she was the type of mom, you know, when, when you came along, she had retired, but she would do it all the time. And, you know, every day, I, I would call my mother every morning before I go to work, you know, and uh, we would talk after I get off from work. And she would always say, when you pick up Alexis, come back here because I didn't already cook. You know, mother was a great cook. Yeah. You know, and yeah. she was truly a great cook and she loved to cook which is something that her daughter did not pick up. <laughs> Man, but, her granddaughter um, is following <laughs> But anyway, you know, she was always there for me whenever I needed anything. Or, yeah. You know, asked for her, you know, and she said, Bobby, everything going to be all right. You know, and my mother, she, you know, she, be, she trust the Lord and believe in the Lord and, you know, seeked him for, you know, everything, you know, that she was, uh, going through and when she went through and you know we uh we were uh started out as Lutherans and I was baptized as a Lutheran down at uh Patrick Henry I mean down there on KS I went to kindergarten Patrick Henry school and I don't have no recollection of going through that uh kindergarten the only thing I knew I was crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I was the last one of my big brothers and sisters to go to school at the time, you know, oh, we had okay. moved here from, my parents moved here when I was a baby. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So you were the youngest to even experience mm-hmm. the school system in St. Louis. Gotcha. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what's so powerful? And I, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't know if you were just ahead of your time with the social media, but everything in my life and even earning life, you have documented. Was that something that you just, 
was that something that you lacked in your childhood that you didn't have much documentation of your upbringing? Right. The reason why I you have, uh huh. Yeah, ahead. I have never seen a picture of me as a baby. You know, and I guess maybe by me being born down uh, in southeast Missouri, and you know, by midwife, you know, most of us, I think all of us, from me on up to my oldest uh, sister, we were probably delivered by midwives. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, just, uh, I was just going to document from zero to whatever. Yeah. And Ernie, too, you know, keep pictures of you, uh, you know, and things that you did during the course of your lifetime, you know, uh, was, uh, important moments or just you learning how to walk or learning how to talk, you know, that was monumental, you know as growing up as a, you know, as a kid, yeah. document that kind of stuff, you know, because I've got, a, I don't know how many videos of you, <laughs> and like you said, your one friend came to your house and said, dog, is you the only child, I'm the only picture that I see around the house. <laughs> I'm not the only child, but the most people do come into the house and say that. I mean, I just was the last one. I mean, I was the most mm-hmm. recent kid. Yeah, that was I born. have pictures of Ernie. You do. You know, and it's so funny because he went and found a picture of me and him when he was a little boy and, and put it out in the, in the, in the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got. I found this picture. I'm putting this picture up. I guess he says, "Shoot, I want my picture up too." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, I, it, representation you know, of both of us is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said us being, you know, both of us being represented in the house is it's is a good thing to let them know. Mm-hmm. So people won't walk in and be like, You the only child, girl. I'm not I'm not the only child. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> One but word of advice, that. mom, before we go, um, that you would give like parents, new parents, parents that are, you know, people that have are having parents with with a age gap a wide age gap, fifteen, twenty years, ten. Um, what words of, of advice would you give parents, other parents, younger parents, um, about, you know, raising a child, especially during this time? Well, you know, times are changed and I know that you follow mm-hmm. the news and, you know, things are different and so many different entities now. What word of advice would you give to mothers in today's world to help them and guide them on, um, you know, raising their babies and raising great people in society? Well, one thing is that, don't, I mean, be serious about having a kid. A kid is a serious situation. It requires a, a loss of time, a loss of effort, and finances, you know, to provide for your kid what the child needs. But just don't be having no kid because somebody say you, you you know, you getting old. You need to have your kid. Have a kid because that's what you and your spouse want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. That's something that you all want and to bring a life into this world, you know, when you bring a life into this world, you know, you're responsible for that uh, person. Right. And make sure that you we want the kid, because some people have kids just because somebody else got may have a kid about this person or, or right. they figure that their time is running out. Want to have a kid if you have a kid, because it's not just uh, having a kid and dressing them up and making them look pretty and stuff. Hey, it's it's a loss into raising the kid. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to show them love. You got to train them up, you know, to be a, a kind person, a loving person, and, you know, take care of themselves and respect 
other people and respect elders and things. You know, they right. have to be trained right. to, to be in this society. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's more just make sure that's what you want and you be uh, ready to do the things that requires you to be a parent. Okay. I like that. What is one word of advice that you gave me? that you said to me constantly that you see me applying to my life today? That you can be anything that you want to be. Okay. You feel like I'm applying that to my life today. (laughs) Yeah, I think you are, you know, but you know, whatever you want to be, you know, you could be it if, if, if that's God will, but you, you know, Whatever you want, you got to get out there and pursue it. It's not going to come to you. I mean, some people are gifted in things. You know, they could be this or be that, where other person might have to work a little harder to achieve the goal. Right. But like I said, just because you two chose arts and went to school for that, uh, that may not be what God has for your future. Right. And you can still help people in other, you know, uh, feels, but, uh, you know, just know that, uh, uh, necessarily whatever your dream may be, it might, might not be what the dream that God has that you, you know, he planted right. in your mother's womb when he, uh, planted you in there. Cause like I say, I wanted to be a social worker. And then I met this friend, this lady used to work with me, but she was a social worker down at the daycare. We got to talking and, and uh, you know, she was saying that she had wanted to be a teacher. And I said, girl, I wanted to be a social worker, but you're a social worker and I'm a teacher. No. You know, both of them, work, you know, you both uh, areas, you work with individuals. Right. It's still you helping. Know, You've people. helped so many kids. It's, you know, as a teacher, being a teacher for 25 years, you touch thousands of lives. Well, and those and kids so you have to remember like you. Kids. You have to like kids okay. and like working with kids. You know, some people... And look kids, some people say, I, I, uh, uh, I can't work with them little kids. And I'm saying, give me the little kids, because, you know, they fresh out the, on <laughs> they the fresh out the They fresh out the womb. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this is a new experience for them. So I like the, you know, I like the little kids. But, uh, you know, so, you know, you got to like kids and, you know, care about them and know their feelings and stuff. And the thing about it, you know, each kid is uh, different. Right. You teach the whole child, and then at the same token, you teach, teach the individual, individual child. Right. Because just like you and Ernie, you all both came, but what 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 I do different things for him, tell him different things in comparison to what I would tell you as a female. Right. Um, you need to know. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, so, uh, yeah, um, just work with the whole child, you know, and don't... Uh, you know, like I said, when we was coming up, teachers would say, I got mad, and I don't care if you don't do yours. That's the most damaging thing that you can ever tell a kid. And it's movie stars now be saying, yeah, I wish my teacher could see me. She said I wasn't going to be nothing, but, you know, everybody ain't meant to be a teacher. If you ask right. Me. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely uh, – you. I mean, it's so many being your daughter and running into some of your students that even when I was in your class and I would assist you sometime and the little kids and they would come and be like, I love Miss McCoy. I love your mom. And it's like, I don't even know you, little kid. Like, but they know who you are and the impact in what you had on their lives. I think 
that alone makes you my shero and my my you know uh, mm-hmm. my shero because you you are you do have you served your community and it wasn't in a way that you know was it was in a way that helped move other young people to serve their community in a way and build mm-hmm. confidence. It was a lot of kids that walked away from your class with so much confidence. They, they pursued, they became scholars. They, they had so many things. They have accomplished so many amazing things. And on top of like it being a community and you always made sure that, you know, you included the parents and their kids process. Oh, definitely. The parents was a, a, a big deal, you know, uh, in getting involved in the kids' education. Right. And, and the thing about it, we, you know, we would go on a field trip every month, and the parents had never did some of those things as a kid themselves. Wow. You know, and uh, they would have just as much as fun, much fun, fun as, as the kids, you, as the kids did. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, and, uh, and yeah. So, but, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, uh, you know, you have to kind of love what you. You know, you have to kind of love what you're doing when you're working with kids, and and they know if you are real or if you're not. They do. Mm-hmm. Well, mom, yeah. I just want to thank you so much for um, taking the time to speak with me today. Happy Mother's Day again, and um, mm-hmm. it was an honor. And I know that um, people are going to really, really enjoy this episode. So I will yeah. talk to you later. Is there anything else you want to say before you leave? No, just like I say, you know, put God first in whatever you do, you know, everybody. And know that he's there for you and he's going to take you where you want to go and he he ain't going to make you no promises that he can't keep. You know, he's going to look after you and remember he made you. Yeah. And he know all about you. Mm -hmm. Well, all right, Mom. Well, I love you (laughs) and I'll talk to you later on today. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it was kind of like some ugly tears there, but, you know, me and my mom, we love one another so much. And it was such an honor to have her on this episode. Shout out to everybody that are mothers. And I also I want to mention this before I go as well, that we also need to take into consideration those people who have lost their parents and how Mother's Day can be so hard for them. Even after Mother's Day, it can still be a tough situation. So let's always check in on those that have lost their earthly angels um go don't forget to um listen to us on spotify apple music um amazon music and rightjoycenetwork.com you can check out all of the episodes they're all there they're this amazing episode is going to be there as well also don't forget to follow me on instagram so you can see my my cute little post that i posted about my mom um, and me in a great photo that we did and just follow me on instagram at alana fuss at a-l-o-n-a f-u-s-s the same thing on tiktok and um facebook and twitter So I hope you guys have a great week and don't forget slam for you is the best lifestyle to live. And like my mom say, keep God first whenever you do.